Hi, best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And today we are discussing childhood ghost stories that still haunt us to this day. It's probably the reason I have so much anxiety as an adult, <laughs> honestly. It's the reason I have panic disorder. Yeah. Um, listen, we were very easily scarable children. And you know what, though? I loved being scared. As much as it, like, ruined my night, like, I loved being scared in that moment. Tabby's shaking her head. No, she's- no, I didn't. I was, like, such a, like, sensitive child <laughs> that, like, anything that was, like, outside of, like, my normal day, because I have, I have OCD, and we know that now as an adult, but we did not know that as a child. <laughs> it's, like, anything that was, like, outside of the norm, I was, like, I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with that. That's so valid. So this really like threw off your roof. Your oh my god! Routine. I was like, oh, that's an option. Like that's a thing that could happen. Cool. Oh yeah, didn't know I could get haunted by a killer clown. That's cool. Didn't know that was something I needed to worry about. Oh my god, we should talk about also like the the killer clowns of 2016. You're so right. Throw that in there because okay. that was truly horrifying for me. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end. Okay, so I'll start with one that really just I think my exposure to the internet was so limited that like when I got this at first I was like Jesus Christ this is real (laughs) so everyone got chain emails I'm sure because that was like a thing to do Mm -hmm. in the early 2000s um so one chain email in particular I just remember it really sticking with me so there was this girl and she was babysitting for this couple and the kids had gone to bed and she, for some reason had gone up to, she kept hearing something from the parents' bedroom. And so she had gone up there, was like opening the doors, everything, opened the closet. And like, there was like this clown statue and it was just standing like so still and like, wasn't blinking, wasn't breathing. So she was like, what an odd thing to have in their house Mm -hmm. and so she like goes downstairs and calls the parents and she was like could I please like move this clown statue somewhere else like it's really freaking me out and they're like oh my god we don't have a clown statue you need to call the police and so as soon as she starts calling the police the clown like comes down and like freaking axe murders the babysitter and the kids yeah. And, like, the moral of the story was, like, please send this to five of your friends. <laughs> or <laughs> else. Or this will happen to you. And I was like, I'm sending it to 20 just to be safe. <laughs> just to be so extra safe. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so, it, like, like, scared me so bad for no reason. No, it's scary. And not only were these, like, chain emails a thing, but then eventually whenever you started texting your friends, like, it was yes. chain texts as well that were similar. And, uh, like, even now as an adult, like, do you ever see these things? And it's, like, if you don't send, like, if you see this and you don't send it to be, like, something bad's going to happen to you, I'm, like, I don't do it. But, like, in the back of my mind, I'm, like, what if I should have? Because <laughs> you're scarred from this happening to you as a kid. I'm like, and just in case. I remember this one was a chain text. And it was still like, this is when I had uh, a Pantech Duo. I remember I got this on my my mm-hmm. little Pantech Duo. Mm-hmm. It was a chain text that was like about this little girl who got murdered. And if you don't send it to 10 of your friends or whatever, you'll wake up to her ghost like covered in blood 
over you while you're sleeping and she'll murder you. And like, I just yeah. like, I couldn't function in that world. I was like, I can't, <laughs> I, can't I have to risk send this. <laughs> and so I'm sure if you like politely ask the FBI to like go back through our earliest emails to each other, like that's probably all Caitlin and I like sent. <laughs> <laughs> Those were traumatizing. Um, speaking of other, you know, like when you were first exposed, you were pretty young, the white car video. Oh my God. So for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, if you want to be surprised, you can just Google white car ghost video if you've never seen it before. I hope you pee your pants because I'm pretty sure I did the first time I saw the it. The thing is, though, like kids these days, they're going to look up that video and be like, that scared you. Like, Yeah, it did because the internet was did. barely functioning around that time. Yeah, bitch, that was that was top quality scares back in the day. And I remember we were in my friend's basement on their family computer and I had never seen it before. So she she pulled this prank on me. She had seen it. So she was like, okay, so what you have to do is you have to not take your eyes off the white car. And so it's this white car, kind of a grainy video of a white car driving through a windy road. And there, it's like a heavily wooded like mountain road. And you are focused on the car. And then all of a sudden, this really scary face pops up. And it like I could not sleep for days and I am still scared to drive on windy wooded roads because yeah. of this. And also all of those stories that say there's going to be like one of those white women ghosts where like a lady in a long white dress yes. on the side of the road that like jumped off a bridge or something. I, I can't drive on bridges at night either without thinking about that. Okay. So, so funny you bring that up because that is actually one of my next stories. When I was in seventh grade, I lived in this town that was super, super tiny in Northwest Missouri. But my seventh grade art teacher was looking back on it, probably super fucking cool if I'd maybe known him as like an older person. But like as a child, like freaked me the fuck out. He would tell us ghost stories at the end of our art class. And like I said, I already couldn't handle that shit very well. But I was like, might might as well just listen. So he would always tell us this story about how one night he was, um, he had worked at a factory while he was going through college to be a teacher. And so he would have to drive on these like back roads to get to his house. And so one night he like passed by this lady like walking up the road. And so he rolled his window down and was like, hey, do you need help? And she wouldn't say anything, would just ignore him. And so he kept driving. And so every single night he would pass by this lady on his way home. And he just assumed like she was also walking home from like work or something. And so one night he like stops and gets out and like tries to get this lady's attention to be like hey can i like give you a ride home like it's not a problem and so she doesn't say anything when he gets in front of her he notices that she has like this giant gaping hole in her chest and like nobody like knew anything about it and so he like gets in his car and like freaking hightails at home and he had told one of his friends about it and I don't know if his friend's mom was there or something, but basically there was like this legend that this woman had gotten murdered like right outside where this factory was. And she like haunts the area just walking back and forth because like that's like where her like spirit is trapped. (laughs) That is so fucking scary. (laughs) Anyway, he's telling like in seventh grade, I was what, like 13? And so I was just like, holy shit, like ghosts are real. That is the worst thing ever. I can't imagine that actually. And I think it was more just scary because he was telling it from like his perspective. It wasn't like I had a friend that he's like, no, this happened to me. And I'm like, 
what the fuck that firsthand account makes it like 10 times more scary which i love to listen to like um podcasts where people come on and like tell their personal ghost stories like yes. that's my shit like and i always the... did this as a kid too like there were those tv shows where people did that too yes like the creepy i know it's creepy pastas but it's like the firsthand accounts of like forest rangers and like mm-hmm. all the i love those yes i eat that I shit i love up. those have you seen those videos where it's like my tiktok at 3 a.m and it's doing yes all the, the sounds that are associated with <laughs> you sensory videos and uh, i watch them every time knowing who i am as a person like <laughs> yeah which i like i said i've always loved like being scared so i i do it to myself on purpose but the next thing i was gonna say like speaking of being like 13 years old the first time i watched stephen king's it i was about that age and I actually was scared to use the toilet for like a week straight because I thought Pennywise was going to come up through my toilet pipes. Yeah, I was um, super afraid to walk over sewer grates. Mm-hmm. I still am a little bit. Because my mom was like, you would love this book. And I'm like, no, I, I wouldn't. I actually never read the book. Um, I only ever it's watched actually, the make you know, TV. I don't know if I would recommend it to anybody because it gets really fucking weird. There's like a child orgy at one yeah. Like, I don't think I would ever recommend that book to someone. Yeah, I know um, nowadays people are calling Stephen King out for being kind of a fucking weirdo. Like, kind of a fucking perv. Yeah. But I will say it was... But he writes some good horror. <laughs> and I really liked the the remake of it. Yeah, I did too. It was good. It was really well made. Yeah, pretty high I love Bill Skarsgård, so I can look past most things. Same. And it... it you know, the, the TV, made-for-TV series and the movie skips the childhood orgy, so. Yeah, because they would get sued. So, my last one isn't even necessarily a ghost story. It's more just, like, proof that I am, a ner- I was a neurotic child. <laughs> so, when I was in the second, or first or second grade, I was very young. We, again, lived in a different small town because we moved around a lot out in the middle of fucking nowhere. And so the school was so small that they did not even have their own, like, choir classroom. It was in a shed (laughs) that you had to walk to from the main building. And so we had walked over to choir, and it was during Halloween. I guess at first grade, they're, like, they're old enough to start singing songs about, like, spooky things. And so there was this one about Igor and Dr. Frankenstein. It was about, like, putting Igor together and like Igor assisting like Dr. Frankenstein and like building Frankenstein's monster. Uh And like, for some reason it scared me so bad because it was very like creepy music. It was all in like a minor key and like, like terrifying. And so I like sprinted out of that building so fast. We were mid song. I was so scared. (laughs) I ran, I ran so fast and like I was outside (laughs) It was, like, dark early in the morning, and we'd have choir, like, first thing in the morning. And so it was, like, still a little bit dark outside. <laughs> I, like, cried in the gravel. And my dad was the principal at this school at the time. He'd, like, come get me out of the parking lot because I was having a panic attack. <laughs> I've actually never heard that story. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, I feel so bad for you. You know, you're just a little baby. But that does that does remind me... Mm-hmm. In elementary school, it was kind of lit at Halloween because we had, in music class, there was a song called 
there was an old lady all skin and bones. Yes. And so we sang that every Halloween and that was a that was a crowd favorite. But also my gym class, my gym teacher would put together what she called the haunted gym every Halloween. She would do it, you know, for one week. That was what your gym class was. And like she put up like gym mats to make mazes and like all the lights were off with like strobe lights. Like it was fucking lit. There were fog machines like it was 10 out of 10. And we would all run around and like scare each other. Yeah. So that just brought back fond memories of being scared. You know, yeah, I've never actually been to like a haunted house. They do really scare me a lot, but I have a good time at them. But I feel like I should go to one. Yeah. Like at least once. I feel like I'm... I don't know how many of you would have heard of Atchison, Kansas. It's a small Mm -hmm. town. Tiny little town. Um, But at one point, they claimed to be the most haunted town in America. But now when you Google it, it's like the most haunted town in Kansas. And it's like, okay, well, that's a fucking downgrade. It's pretty haunted, Um, though. It is pretty haunted. Like, it's so haunted that they do a, like, trolley tour every Halloween time. And Tabby and I have actually been on it for a friend's birthday party in, like, middle school. So (laughs) I wasn't doing well then either. (laughs) No, it's like. The trolley tour is not so bad because you're not, like, going into the places. You're just, like, here. Yeah, it's more just the stories. So, Atchison, Kansas, I actually lived there for two years. But before I lived there, like, I I went a lot because my dad worked there for a long time at a factory that, that was there. And then we just had, like, some really close family friends there. So, just, I spent a lot of my childhood in Atchison, Kansas. And so these were the kind of the three big ones that that were the most prominent in my childhood. So first of all, there's this house called Gargoyle House, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's it, a super cool house. It truly is a super so cool, cool house. It is like this. Of course, it looks haunted as fuck because it's old and built in like the mid 1800s. And it has gargoyles on top of it, which, which is like sick. Yeah. Like and it's like, who does that to a house? Okay, so the original legend goes that the gargoyles were put there because when they were building this house, the person building it had, like, made a deal with the devil. And then the gargoyles were, like, somehow, like, sealing sealing the pact with the devil or something. Like, they were somehow representative of this, like, deal that had been made. And then there was, like, a story that basically, so the house is cursed, right? And this person who owned it and, like, the... I don't know, the 80s or 90s, like, tried to remove the gargoyles from the house and fell to his death. And so nobody has ever tried to remove the gargoyles again. So that one's, I mean, that's a more mild story, I would say. Um, So that's why I led with it. The next one, though, this one kind of got me a little bit more because this is, um, there's a park called Jackson Park. And it's got, you know, like picnic areas, playgrounds, all the all the shit parks have. But there's a lot of wooded areas because there's like walking trails and stuff. But there's this ghost named Molly and Molly haunts the park because she on her prom night, she was like in a car with her date and they got in some kind of fight. Like, I don't know if like, uh, I don't know. There's probably multiple versions of the story, but. They got in a fight and she got out of the car and like stormed off. Well, her date was a dick, didn't check to see if she was okay and just drove away and like left her there. Well, he got 
all worried. Now all of a sudden he cares the next morning he like goes back to the park because nobody's like heard from her. But when they go to the park, Molly was hanging from the tallest tree in the park and like her clothes were all torn and she was hanging. And so nobody knows like what happened if she got murdered or he like, hanged her for sure. Yeah. Her prom date. That's one of the theories. Um, but now like if you're at the park at night, like everyone says, like you can hear her screaming. And if you do find the tallest tree in the park, you'll see her ghostly form hanging from the tree. So that was kind of the thing is the kids kind of went around looking for the tallest tree at night to see if they could find her ghost. I have another one after you're done that I just remember. I had to pull it from the deepest crevices of my mind. Those are the best ones that just pop up. Okay. So, okay. This is the last one I'm going to say from Atchison. So Mm -hmm. Sally's house. And this one you're more likely to have heard of because it was featured on like some ghost shows. Like one was called Sightings. It was like from the 90s. Um, But this house belonged to a doctor in like the 1800s and a mother brought her young daughter in because she was having like really bad pains and Sally was diagnosed with appendicitis and the doctor was like, okay, we need to operate immediately. But Sally was like five or six years old. So she like freaked out and like panicked. And so the doctor like held her down to give her ether to put her to sleep, but he didn't give her enough to keep her asleep for the whole surgery. And so she, like, woke up in the middle of the surgery and, like, obviously was in pain. So she was, like, fighting to get away. And then, like, she didn't live through the surgery, basically. Like, this little girl died on the operating table. Mm. But what really made it famous is that there was, in the 90s, there was this young couple that rented this house. And Sally's ghost, like, when they moved in, immediately was, like, playing pranks and, like, turning on, like, electricity and off again and like moving stuff but then it escalated and the the ghost was like attacking the husband it was like leaving like big scratches on his back and stuff and at one point tried to shove him like over the banister of the stairs and so they moved out like three weeks later or something so that one was like a really big story growing up i think i remember that one from the ghost tour okay so the one i just remembered So I'll go ahead and say the town that I lived in because this is important to the story. So small northwestern Missouri town. It's called Tarpia, Missouri. And it pretty much borders like Iowa and Nebraska. So Tarpia had a private college. It was just a university they had there. Super, super small. But it closed down. But before it closed down, it had this building called Rankin Hall. I can't remember what exactly happened, but someone was murdered mysteriously there. And so people kind of swept under the rug, like it was whatever, but like mysterious murders, like like people kept dying there. Nobody could figure out like what was going on. And so eventually the school was shut down, but the lore behind it was like, if you go to Rankin Hall, like bad things like happen, like people like end up breaking bones or like falling downstairs or like... Um, someone like fell out of a window and like um so people would always go to Rankin Hall like on Halloween and it was just like something we did and so I remember one Halloween we all walked in we weren't supposed to be there but like we snuck out of my friend's house because we lived pretty much down the street from it and we walked to the old college and went into Rankin Hall and as we were walking around like it was just eerie like have you ever had that feeling where like you're being like watched and like yes like you can feel like just in your arms like on your back that you're being watched so we kept having that feeling where like 
okay, like, this is pretty freaky, whatever. And we were, like, up on the third floor. Like, we had broken into this place. Like, like, we're walking through this school. And, like, doors kept getting slammed shut. And, like, windows kept opening. And, like, I have never ran so fast in my entire life. My friend, like, as we were going down the stairs, like, tripped and, like, fell down the stairs. Like, oh, my God. Like, I've never been so scared. It was insidious. That is the scariest thing ever. Because I've never been somewhere that, like, shit's actually happening. Like, yes. doors like, opening and... Like, I have never... I've never experienced anything like that. I think I've yeah. blocked it out from my memory. Probably, because that's, like... Like, it was literally just, like, the heaviest feeling you have ever felt in your life, like, being in that building. Yeah. I've never actually, like, felt that firsthand, but that's... I mean, that's what people say. It's, like, it feels like you're being watched. Like, you just feel a presence, like then mm-hmm. doors are opening and shits like weird it was so terrifying the stories there are true yes i believe they are wow <laughs> it was really spooky oh, i had never stepped kind of a rush to like yeah you know that's why people do made it. it it's because like yeah like you go in and it's scary but you make it out and you're like that's the craziest thing ever and like that's the rush of it it's like you're you made it through yeah i i do think those stories are very true Oh. I'm just glad we hadn't gone in there by themselves because like that was the thing like people had been going in there like by themselves and like I think there were like homeless people that were there and like they like bad things ended up happening to them that's so scary yeah but they're re that was the thing. they're reopening the college they've talked about like reopening the college well hopefully they and I was like tear oh, down no. Rankin Hall like just demolish it I was like, I kind of hope they do. I'm really interested to see what happens. We're going to keep checking the news. I will be checking in on that. I'll let you guys know. (laughs) Wow. How creepy. Okay. I do want to kind of end this episode with the 2016 clown signings. I just pulled it up on Wikipedia because I'm sure we all remember this. It was a real problem. Yeah. let's, Let's go ahead and just see what's going on here. So... Wikipedia says the 2016 clown sightings was a cause of mass hysteria fueled by reports of people disguised as evil clowns in incongruous settings, such as near forests and schools. The incidents were reported in the United States, Canada, Australia, England, and subsequently other countries and territories starting during August 2016. The first sightings were reported in Green Bay, Wisconsin, um, but that turned out to be a marketing stunt for a horror film. Okay. Okay. But I'm sure what happened is then then people were like, that would be funny and just started doing it other places. So by mid-October 2016, clown sightings and attacks had been reported in nearly all U.S. states, 9 of 13 provinces and territories of Canada, and 18 other countries. I thought someone like had gotten stabbed or something at one point. Like there was like a legitimate attack. It was the Um, satanic panic of our time. It was. Oh, my God. So the precursor sightings, like one possible precursor event was the 2013 sightings of Creepy Clown in Northampton, England. Um, that was during September and October. So it's like, again, that could have been could have been just like the time of year. Yeah. And then in 2016, of course, you know, it started in August. Like I said, there was in Greenville County, South Carolina, a clown was. Oh, no, sorry. It was rumored that clowns were attempting to lure children into the woods or whatever. But in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 
there was actually a sighting of a clown offering treats to children and the clown fled when police arrived. Oh my God. And then there would be like, there were pictures like all over Twitter. There would be pictures of like a clown, like in an empty parking lot or like next to the woods. Like, and of course they could have been staged, but they were, they were being shared as if they were like genuine sightings. People were really taken off with it. According to the New York times, Clown sightings resulted in at least 12 arrests across across the United States and one death in Reading, Pennsylvania. A 16-year-old boy was fatally stabbed. It's like a John Wayne Gacy, like, copycat. So there was at least one person in a clown mask that resulted in the death of a 16-year-old boy, which is so scary. That's so sad. Yeah, that was like a very scary time in our lives because, like, it, like people thought that was, like, a real fucking issue. This was so bad that places were banning clown costumes from being sold. Yeah. Like Target pulled clown masks from its website. Like, um, yeah, there were a bunch of like Halloween stores that like weren't selling clown costumes that year. But I forgot about this. By October 25th, 2016, several news outlets reported an alleged clown initiated purge which supposedly was to take place on Halloween Eve of 2016. So do you remember that? That like there was a clown purge? Do you remember (laughs) when the purge first came out that like everyone legitimately thought like they were going to start a purge? Yes, I do. And the purge is actually a very scary concept to me. Like, Yeah, the mid-2000s was just such a a wild time for america like i feel like that is when like the height of social media like really started to like influence things like because yes. before that like people didn't really use it for nefarious purposes like mm-hmm. i feel like everyone's still trying to figure it out but like from 2000 like 10 to yeah. like now like social media is like the biggest influencer in yeah. the world <laughs> i know and it's like that's where people get their people news, will believe like- anything And things will be shared as if they're being, like, honest, like, a genuine, honest account of something. But it, like, whoever wrote it, like, knows that they're lying. Well, and it was so such a crazy concept, too, when we were in, like, high school because it's, like, nobody had ever done anything like that. And Mm -hmm. so when stuff like that popped up, we were, like, holy shit. Like, that must actually be, like, happening right now. Yeah, we were, like, surely because you can get, like, genuine news on Twitter. Sure. X. Now it's X. It was Twitter Um, back in our day. (laughs) Back in the day. But, like, yeah, you could get, like, genuine news there. So whenever you would see something being shared like that, you were like, oh, okay, so this is true. Like, this is happening. (laughs) Like, with the, what was that guy? Like, everyone was like, fight for the children. This was Coney 2012. Yeah, it was the Coney. Stop Coney. (laughs) So, yeah, that was another, like, we were kind of the first generation of victims in that way. I Um, have a Stop Coney um Facebook profile like picture somewhere on the internet oh yeah yeah because I was genuinely like oh like we're the only ones who can who can help these children (laughs) they got me they got me oh man the internet we're wiser now yeah I'm not as gullible um because when we were getting targeted by we were like 14 yeah I was dumb yeah and young it didn't matter it doesn't count but that wraps up our mini-sode for this week on traumatic childhood ghost stories, but also just traumatic things in general that 
have happened in our lives. Thank you for letting us try. Thank you for listening. Um, This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Join us next week as we discuss The X-Hex by Rachel Hawkins, which will be followed by the second book called The Kiss Curse. So you can go ahead and start on both of them. Really excited. They look really cute, spooky, witchy, rom-com vibes. Um, The week after The X-Hex, so like in between the two books, we're doing another mini-sode. And this mini-sode, we are just going to be discussing what I call the spooktacular genre of monster romance. I have never been more excited for a mini-sode in my life. Katie Roberts, if you're listening to this, this one is for you, girl. This one's for you. Yeah, we're going to talk about, well, first of all, we're going to explain what we mean by monster romance, kind of like discuss the history of it, how it's kind of like infiltrated books and like and what it's become as well. And also kind of maybe throwing in some wrecks that we've seen. I have some of the most delirious, twisted looking monster romances I've ever seen in my life. And I'm so excited to share them with you guys. And, you know, it's really going to I think it's going to take some surprising twists and turns for you all. I don't think you know what all is out there, but we'll find it for you. (laughs) We'll find it for you. We'll do that research so you don't have to have your FBI agent flag you. (laughs) Go ahead. Get started on the (laughs) X-Hex by Rachel Hawkins. We'll talk to you next time. And as always. Let's get lit.